welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast are you getting my point this podcast aims to listen to people from different strata of life and who are complete by themselves understand how they perceive life and learn from their life journey it's my great pleasure today and honor to introduce you to today's guest sachin kaur now let me do the honors of introducing sachin and his body of work sachin kaur is an innovator with at least 10 us patents recognized as top 10 innovators in india by ficci in 2013 and he has specialties in various different areas like artificial intelligence data labs ICT standardization business models for digital services digital health user research for mobile apps hackathon as a open innovation model and research on internet crime cyber security capacity building etc is an entrepreneur and associated with several ventures is focused on innovation in healthcare he has contributed to many books as an author and a very very popular man people describe him as a person always available to help and encourage others in whatever they do he describes himself as tinkerer i looked up in the dictionary to find what it means and got a person who enjoys fixing and experimenting it's a great honor to have you sachin as par as a guest of in this podcast let me begin by asking uh, a question what's your source of energy i think it's a difficult question shakti uh, <clears throat> but i think in general uh, you know the nature uh, the things around us uh, they all want to tell us something so uh, the first uh, reward that it presents to all of us is the you know the answers the so i would say curiosity is what drives a person like me wow that's great it's absolutely so uh so like h- how has your journey of life has been so far would like to understand a little bit about your like personal journey like when it started where all you traveled and h- how the life took you here well i i don't know where to really uh you know begin with but let's say if i go back to my school days you know i would say i was an average student and uh, somebody who didn't spend lot of time uh, studying but uh, whatever time i did spend uh, uh, in class you know was sufficient enough for me to grasp uh, you know lot of the concepts and i believe probably when i was in the fourth standard you know uh, the phenomena of condensation was so amazing to me that you know my mother who hails from a village so i used to ask her you know how is a steel glass letting water through it okay. does it have holes wow and i would trick my mother with such uh, bizarre questions and i imagined uh, you know back then that we could generate water from the air you know by the process of condensation by making a reverse refrigerator 
and i used to share these kind of uh, silly ideas with my classmates and i think uh, 30 years down the line now i think in peru they are making uh, right. you know what uh, from the air through condensation so they were not probably that crazy ideas but you know uh, whenever i would stumble upon let's say a core concept in a subject like physics you know they amazed me and uh, whenever i would go to my uh, uncle's farm in the village you know i would always uh, think of the the suffering you know that uh, they have to go through uh, to achieve smaller things in life you know uh, because you know back in those days there was not much electricity in uh, uh, villages so every small task you know required some kind of a doing in a village and i think that context always uh, gave me ideas although i could not really apply those ideas but i i would say you know going back to my school days i always was very much interested in uh, thinking about things if i may say that and i think uh, moving forward uh, moving past forward i think you know uh, i didn't come from a very uh, uh, let's say well to do family so uh, we had limited means and i was lucky that i could secure uh, admission you know in uh, government funded uh, education programs so once i did my engineering i you think you did in uh, jamia right yes okay. i i i did from jamia millia islamia and it was quite uh, rewarding in many ways because i could secure a job in uh, adobe right after my campus and i worked for 2 years in adobe it was very rewarding again because i had at that point along with my colleagues highest number of us patents uh, you know in the short stint that i wow. spent in adobe for 2 years and uh, immediately you know i realized back in 2005 or so that uh, we used to work in uh, desktop uh, computer applications and i felt that you know mobile is the next big thing so i was quite uh, excited to leave my job and study further and i could find a very good scholarship in fact which would pay me more than my salary in adobe wow to do my uh, double masters and i did my double masters in mobile security and uh, cryptography from finland and estonia so it was a you know five country consortium and i think another thing that really attracted me uh, for higher education going to europe was not just the education but travel and i think i had this imagination that okay i am gone for 24 months so i should go at least to 24 countries and i think i did travel to 29 30 countries you know in the period of time i was there another highlight that i had uh, when i was a masters student was that i got to work in the large hadron collider experiment in cern in geneva and cern was another inspiring place to work because the world wide web was created by tim berners lee in cern so you know when physicist gets bored 
you know they can create uh, internet as a hobby <laughs> and uh, for me uh, physics was always my first love and uh, you know back in school in i think class 11th you know i was asking some silly questions to one of my professor in jamia and he he is quite uh, you know successful in the physics research in fact the 2011 nobel prize uh, you know cites his research paper so his professor sami and it was very uh, exciting for me to be in cern because you know i i always thought that you know i have landed somehow uh, accidentally in the mecca of physics it was quite inspiring to be there for whatever time that i spent there and i then spent a year you know uh, uh, in my doctoral studies and around that time we were writing a book on china and uh, you know we were 25 uh, phd students from different uh, walks of life from metallurgy to business to computer science and i always liked uh, you know future studies so i was uh, you know interested in future forecasting and those kind of topics and this course in my phd uh, studies uh, writing a book was like really exciting so every thursday uh, for 3 hours we will have this lecture where our professor will bring one ceo of some company and our job was to you know ask as many questions to the ceo and by the end of the course we traveled to china and uh, we were writing on the energy sector and on rise of china so by the end of the course the conclusion was uh, when the book was written all my professors were saying light is coming from the east so uh, i wondered what i am doing in the west so i left my doctoral studies and came back to india in 2010 and started my first company and ever since you know my way of life has been that whenever i see a problem the the most natural reaction for me to solve that problem is by starting a company so i would say i have had some failures in the ventures and some successes and quite happy uh, you know in this journey uh, so far uh, because i feel that uh, one way you know to really solve problem is to find good people around you and, and uh, if those people are more excited than you in solving that problem then you have the perfect team so i like to support uh, ventures of younger people younger than me in uh, you know achieving uh, you know solutions to those problems so so far i have supported uh, around four ventures wow. and uh, quite happy to you know support more so as, as and when time will permit so i would say uh, my entrepreneurial journey in last 10 years uh, has been quite enriching as they say overnight success takes 10 or 15 years right so uh, it may be an overnight that has taken me here i will not say i am successful yet but uh, i would say 
from a student's perspective you know uh, once you are a student in university and uh, then you move to real life uh, i would say that the last 10 years uh, i have been a student of life and it has been quite uh, enriching because uh, i don't really have to follow schedules uh, imposed by someone on me but i rather follow my own schedule and i live quite a disciplined life and try to you know add as much as possible knowledge uh, you know to my day to day routine so like reading books you know and so and so forth and once in a while if i get a chance also to write a chapter or so in different uh, uh, you know literary works so this is where i am shakti i don't know if this that's was awesome kind of answer. no that's that's it so uh, you have really nicely explained it and the journey i could imagine <laughs> that how the journey has taken so uh, if i ask that what would you call as a turning point in your life or there can be many uh, so because i felt that when you decided to come to india and uh, start things on your own uh, i think that's such a uh, great thing for india that like uh, so well accomplished and so intellectuals like you coming back to india and uh, doing it for india and doing a lot of things there so that i see as a definitely a great thing for india what would you call as a turning point in your life in this journey well i think uh, you know uh, there could be many interpretations uh, but for me i think there are much more accomplished people than me you know who who want to give back to the nation who want to give back to the society so uh, and of course everybody tries to do uh, what gives them pleasure so i don't think there is really an obligation or a compulsion at times to people uh, on the paths that they choose but if i uh, look back in my own journey you know when i <clears throat> was studying in a school here in ghazibagh so the uh, the setup of the school was such that uh, you know we have to leave the school after 8th class because they made it a all girls school after our batch okay so i had to move out and it was an icsc board school that i used to study so uh, i had very limited options in my city to go to and whichever schools i would go they were mighty expensive so i ended up taking admission in a uh, government school here in my city and it was a very much of a culture shock for me because until now i was in an english medium and now my entire vocabulary has to be switched to hindi so it was very tough times on me and even the teacher in that school in the government school uh, they didn't want me to stay there because they thought i am ruining my career and uh, around that time a neighbor of mine uh, told me that in delhi there is this uh, university which also has a school and uh, you can give an entrance exam and maybe if you are lucky you can qualify so i went to the entrance exam gave the entrance exam luckily i got selected for the interview in that school but uh, you know back in those days there was no phone at our home so uh, 
my name was there in the list so that information came to me uh, via my neighbor so the call came to my neighbor's house and uh, by the time i reached delhi i think my number was already gone oh my god so it was very much like you know a ray of hope but you know it passed too quickly so and in my house there was nobody to really accompany me to delhi so every day i would go to delhi i think it was five consecutive days that i would go and sit in front of that interview room and in the hope that they can still interview me you know uh, let's say towards the evening or when everybody is done so i think after five days uh, on the night around 8 pm they interviewed me wow and i got selected so and i think people at home were really worried because i must have reached home by 9 930 so i think i was around 15 years old so uh, and i was alone so i think i never gave up uh, maybe i was a bit uh, foolishly romantic if i may say that i will get a chance and you know i will get selected so i think if i wouldn't have uh, done that foolishness i wouldn't have got the admission and i think rest would have been uh, different so i think that is one way i look at it that maybe that is a turning point for wow that's such a wonderful story what what a wonderful life event i think uh, i was uh, kind of waiting that what's going to happen when you're saying five days you are going there to see whether your turn will come that's amazing i think that itself is a great learning for all of us to uh, like just never give up and continue doing whatever you're doing and you may call it foolishly romantic but i think that's fully worth it that's a great learning session i think um, that that's amazing so uh now you from that background when you came uh, to uh, your studies then coming to the point where you became an innovator you started uh, like filing patents uh, so i like i i see you by understanding and reading about you i understand that i i, I can call you definitely as an ace innovator in india so what do you see at the Uh, like uh, the current generation uh, how do you see the current generation do you see uh, them thinking like an innovator do you see that they are thinking in the right direction uh, at this moment i think the current generation is very lucky because if i go back in my own journey i think uh, uh, whenever something good happened with me uh, it was primarily because i could remove a mental blockage it was not because you know somebody was really preventing me to achieve something but it was me myself you know who would have prevented from achieving something so if you look at the amount of information available out there you would agree with me that uh, on the fingertips we have much more information so in fact so much so that we are overwhelmed by by it so from a uh, you know 
perspective of an individual who is growing up anywhere in india today uh, if they were to be born 30 40 years back i think the opportunities uh, that are now available to them are much more uh, of course uh, they still need to make considerable investment in themselves and they still need to believe in themselves if these two things that they are willing to do it doesn't really matter which part of the country they are and what is their economic background i think uh, the tools and technology will enable them you know with the discipline that they can become like a youtuber you know uh, producing content on internet without any qualification or knowledge you know through self learning right right and they can also specialize you know not just let's say be a content creator but let's say also specialize in variety of disciplines which otherwise you know in the old world would have been a very much of an elitistic pursuit right so let me qualify uh, these examples with uh, you know uh, more uh, concrete manner so uh, let's say if i may talk about myself you know uh, when i was uh, in school you know i had two subjects uh, you know biology and mathematics so normally uh, people only take one right so i always uh, wanted to be you know okay i also want don't want to leave biology and i don't want to leave uh, you know other specialization so maybe i wanted to be a doctor but uh, maybe i didn't have it in myself to be a doctor so doctor as you know in indian society is a very much of a noble profession correct and is also very much of an aspiration right in the middle class families but today when we are you know as mid career professionals when we look at you know medicine as a study as an investment you know it's a very long career it takes huge amount of investment and effort to reach somewhere you know which is respectable uh, being a doctor having said that you know when i look at my own life uh, you know two years back i was diagnosed with diabetes okay and uh, Uh, i had a healthcare company which we started 2015 so first time i was getting this feeling that you know my work has got some purpose because now i have diabetes i need to fix it so diabetes i don't know if you are familiar with the scale uh, there is something called as hba1c which is basically a measure of your 3 months average sugar so if you are you know above 6.3 level then you are considered diabetic and if you are between the range of 5.7 and 6.3 you are considered pre diabetic and below 5.7 you are considered normal so when i was diagnosed with diabetes my hba1c levels were 12 wow oh my god so and i had a hospital episode so i was quite motivated you know to really do something about it and uh, you know the first person i met in a flight sitting next to me was an american uh, chemist who was the chief chemist for this american company 
otherwise he has to be in new jersey that day he was sitting next to me in a flight from hyderabad to delhi and the medicine that i was eating he was the inventor of the molecule of that medicine wow so he explained to me in my notebook the formula that he invented in 1996 for this american company and it must be you know couple of hundreds of billions of dollars worth of intellectual property this uh, molecule and i thought you know it cannot be really magical that some somehow somebody is placing my seeds really well you know yeah. for me to acquire knowledge in this right so fast forward two years now my hba1c levels are 5.3 so in my own imagination i think i have overcome my condition you know so from 12 to 5.3 and i don't take any medicine at that point i was taking insulin and you know eating medicine so i could overcome my own condition because a i had a vested interest right but i also had the you know the the willingness uh, the money the resources to go around and do a scientific inquiry into the topic that what will help me so i was not really interested in becoming a baba and you know that there is no magical pill that you can eat and you, you can cure yourself so whatever i have done is very very much scientific okay so done it with along with some of the top scientists in this domain top doctors in this domain and when i started on this i created this project that i wanted to help uh, at least 1 million indians who are having diabetes so if i Uh, probably in a year or two first cure my own self understand the disease and then share that knowledge with at least 10 million people so just a few days back you know i partnered with a uk based doctor and uh, we created this course for india uh, it's called understanding type 2 diabetes okay so <clears throat> anybody could do this course right and learn the same knowledge gain same knowledge about diabetes that has helped me and uh, later you know this year uh, and you know definitely before uh, next year october when i officially finish my project i want to convert this course into as many languages like hindi you know telugu tamil whatever possible because india has around uh, you know 8 crore people who are officially type 2 diabetic okay and now coming back to your question of you know opportunities or about youngsters right so not to put anybody in a different bucket but you know just taking my own example if i get a sense of purpose if i get sense of direction right uh, everything put uh, falls in place right right so this is a hobby project for me but i take it as a sense of mission a sense of purpose right and to achieve this sense of mission and purpose you know i am not a doctor as i said right and maybe uh, you know in my 12th class i always wanted to be a doctor right but let's say i could not achieve it maybe i was not uh, competent enough but i have got this opportunity in my life late in my life now that i could really understand about my 
body in a very scientific manner and also control the biochemical processes you know so that i can overcome my disease it's awesome so yes. if you take this uh, kind of an example and apply it to any walk of life right so now there could be this person who is in a farmland right trying to do something trying to grow something which otherwise is not possible in that climate to some other uh, you know workshop where there is somebody who is trying to invent a new tool right i think uh, the three things have to fall through so two things are pretty easy which is the knowledge is already out there right uh, second is you know the discipline third is the motivation so i think uh, if i uh, were to do this the same thing let's say when i was a uh, 15 16 year old right maybe i don't know if i would have been able to done it do it or not because uh, maybe i could have lacked confidence that i can achieve it so i think uh, uh, the difference uh, between then and now is that i feel very confident that uh, you know it's a very difficult thing to do but if i take a systematic approach the knowledge is available out there and i can overcome it so i think we can apply this approach in any context and learn anything uh, you know which is uh, possible in a time bound manner that's great i think uh, you mentioned discipline quite a, a number of times and i think that definitely like really very very important like here you said like knowledge discipline motivation that takes you the thing and knowledge is being the primary one so about the discipline do you see the uh, people like in the generations i'm not saying just the current generation i think generations after generation the discipline is one of the factor which is uh, the cause for success and failure uh, we agree with that well i think uh, you know when we look at our society you know the way it is structured right now especially fueled by the social media you know it seems like uh, success or failure whatever it may be comes very fast but as i said that you know uh, overnight success takes 10 or 15 years so how do you uh, build that uh, you know delayed gratification if i may say or how do you build uh, you know uh, yourself that you are willing to wait it out right i think that is a skill that uh, people can build over the period of time because right now when everything is like you know instant noodles to fast food right where you want instant gratification right uh, certain things are like you know you go to gym and uh, you cannot have a you know perfect muscular body after one day of gym right so you need to do, go to gym let's say regularly and maybe only after a year of training or two years of training you can say okay you know this is a before after kind of a scenario before i was looking like this and now i look like this so that muscle building takes time i think uh, uh, in life uh, everything is like muscle building 
you know it doesn't happen overnight it it takes you know little bit of effort every day so whether uh, let's say my current aspirations uh, about language learning for example so i i am learning german right now and learning norwegian and uh, i am learning them through this app called as duolingo okay okay so uh, it's an app i can consume it 10 hours also a day right and i can consume it as 5 minutes a day as well but i can tell you that i've been learning german now for one year on this app and uh, first time uh, it is in my life that the previous five languages i have learnt in a university classroom setting and learning language has always been very very difficult topic but my experience with german and norwegian is not uh, that difficult because this app is very addictive and engaging okay but then the difficult part lies in the discipline which is not to miss it you know on a daily basis so maybe i spend 15 20 minutes every day but the trick is that i have been doing this for now one year without fail so my german levels are you know as good as one years of university education so if you look at it from that perspective so whether it's language learning or to something else that you know i i may try to see for example right now i'm trying to learn about ai right so there are many topics that i can present to you similarly that uh, in fact i recently did a course on coursera it's called learning how to learn learning how to learn okay and i think uh, one of the uh, recent uh, definition of intelligence that i also stumbled upon because in my company whenever we are hiring we are always asking you know these kind of questions to people uh, that they have to fill in in the questionnaire that what is intelligence what is common sense can intelligence or common sense be acquired for example so i recently stumbled upon on this definition of intelligence uh, by a person called as françois chollet is from google and he says that intelligence is your ability to learn uh, new things efficiently so i see that uh, you know most of my adult life is around learning new and diverse things and the more uh, topics that i learn the better i become at learning new topics so it's an abstract uh, you know skill right so so learning a thing is not only just teaching you learning a thing i mean uh, uh, making you more equipped about that topic a right. but when you want to learn the topic b you know you have also somehow built more muscle that you can learn topic b faster okay so so so, so it is uh, a nature it has become my second nature that you know i want to absorb as much as diverse knowledge possible from diverse topics so whether it is the topic of diabetes or it's a topic of ai or it's a topic of learning the languages right that i feel that one uh, topic feeds into another 
and we are living probably for the first time in the kind of a society where uh, deep experts in one domain are not going to bring the breakthroughs but uh, shallow experts in many domains are going to connect dots to bring the breakthroughs so That's so maybe more like a helicopter view you know then then having a deep trenches view you know is probably the 21st century skill uh, that i look at so i really get lot of pleasure you know uh, uh, learning these things so if i look look back from a perspective of discipline uh, you know whenever you learn anything new it's very very painful so if you if you refer this course learning how to learn right so your brain gives you a signal of displeasure whenever you are trying to learn anything new and whenever you are trying to find a distraction like facebook or anything else your uh, brain gets a sense of pleasure so so by design the distractions around you are designed to not do difficult things right or not do painful things right but if you can overcome that initial barrier of that painful so learning is a painful process right so if you can overcome that painful process uh, which can only happen through discipline then i think learning becomes much more joyful if i may say that so that's where i see the role of discipline you know in overcoming this uh, initial pain absolutely Oh, that's that's awesome nicely you have explained it i have seen this uh, like when i was looking at your profile i saw and you mentioned as well like um, in estonia you did cryptography as well as you did mobile data so they are very diverse topics and i see in today the world i think uh, i think the new education policy or in many colleges i see they are uh, providing such diverse topics as an uh, curriculum so do you see that that's what you were saying the point a when you're learning a it prepares you for, for learn, learning b and they can be very different so is that what um, the concept you think that that helps when you learn to different things different diverse things so i think uh, you know uh, first of all maybe certain things are innate right so uh, my love for knowledge is probably very natural but then my inability or whatever shortcoming you may say is that i learn uh, i i like to learn you know very unrelated topics so <clears throat> on the foresight perspective you know we may not be able to say that these are uh, you know uh, these two things are connected in this way right so how diabetes and cryptography are connected is probably very difficult to say but then once you start learning you know diverse uh, topics right so for example let me talk about languages right yes. so when i learn uh, german and when i learn norwegian so german and norwegian has very many common words so it helps me and if you look at german also in our day to day english so there are many german words in english right so for example the 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 word for child in german is kind so when you go and buy a kinder joy 
so it's a probably a german uh, you know okay thing for children right kinder joy right so it becomes very uh, you know in front of your eyes all your adult life you ignored that word and now it tells you something because you learned german right so like other word that we all know you know for example i studied in kg right so kg is kindergarten correct right? so a garden for children in german is kindergarten okay. right that's a so kinder- what we call as play school today in india right yeah so so if you see you know there are so many words that we have used right but they don't leave a, a very profound impression but the moment you start learning you know diverse languages you know so every word can tell you something very very profound right so that is the pleasure that you start getting you know when you are able to connect uh, different topics right yes. so i think uh, you know in in uh, uh, cryptography you know what you learn is to you know uh, make uh, secrets public and public messages secret right so it's the study of mathematics and uh, it is definitely you know uh, something you know at a uh, very uh, basic level we used to do in engineering colleges because there would always be some competitions where you know the you will have to break the code you know break right. the message right? yes yes at a preliminary level but of course the whole of internet today you know runs on cryptography because you know the banks cannot afford to have their messages public you know and me and you when we are doing this conversation right now even this is encrypted conversation right so in that way uh, you know today cryptography is everywhere but uh, what would be the exact practical use of it in my own life you know it is very difficult for me to say in a foresight right but yes once i have done it you know it becomes so easy to use it you know it's like it becomes your second nature that you don't even realize that uh, you are using it you know in that way that's great it's awesome so now um, so in this like again uh, coming back to innovation uh, we seem to like more interested um, to use the product developed by the western world maybe mimic that in some other way uh, the fresh new ideas i see uh, are very limited it's, it's there but it is limited and maybe those are not the ones who are successful most of the times i'm talking from india perspective here uh, so wh- why do you think that what are the qualities that is needed for fresh innovators to uh, innovators to come up with fresh new ideas so what do you see as the key qualities there i think couple of points here shakti one is that you know i started this thing in my office that when we will call somebody for an interview we will tell them that uh, okay there are maybe 10 objects lying on the table right now so can you tell us the words for each of the objects in one single language whichever it may be and we would like to conduct this interview in one language alone and you may choose your language 
and these people are mostly 21 22 year old or let's say sometimes even older that end up you know in a interview room with me and i find that uh, majority of the people uh, you know they never realized that they don't know the word for that object in their native language okay okay yeah. so it seems like that there is so much vacuum of vocabulary uh, in our native uh, language thinking that we are always using let's say language like english and the words from it even in our native language thinking and we are not even present to it so much so that we don't realize that the name of that object is so alien to what i am saying for example you know let's let's say a glass of water right so what do you call that glass in hindi i don't know <laughs> that's where i was thinking so so imagine on that table on that day if there is a computer lying or there is a you know let's say a a, a book a copy lying a pen lying a pencil lying and you start picking those objects randomly right and uh, 10 minutes into the conversation once you tell this person that are you willing to conduct this conversation let's say in hindi so they give up very fast <laughs> and once they give up uh, you know the whole pursuit of the exercises that can they think original so when uh, originality i mean i am not a guy who's trying to promote hindi here but it it could be a odia speaking yeah. person it could be a gujarati it could be a malayali but for originality i believe you need you know as a building block vocabulary and if your vocabulary is making you uh, let's say more like a disabled person right so how can you run a race uh, with one leg disabled for example right so if we have to position ourselves in a 100 meter or a 400 meter or a 800 meter or a marathon right we would want to run on our own two feet and for us to run on our own two feet i believe the command on language is very important in our society we penalize people a lot on their ability to speak english or not correct rather we should penalize people that it doesn't really matter which language they speak they should be able to express themselves fully at least in one language if they are able to express themselves fully in one language then and only then they can express their ideas their thoughts fully if they cannot express their ideas or thoughts fully you know they will use some borrowed words right which may not fit into the context exactly and hence the meaning of that articulation or that expression will change 
so it becomes easier for people to say let's say what is being presented in a hollywood or a silicon valley idea vis-a-vis what is in front of their eyes because they don't have words for what is in front of their eyes maybe they consider it inferior so they further attach a sense of inferiority with their own native language that they don't feel proud you know or they don't want to learn about right no i think hence they lack this ability to be original that is one second is that you know uh, very many times you find that if you want to be an innovator you don't have to be a phd in that topic so i believe increasingly 21st century is about self learning right so when you are let's say today in the covid times you know all the schools and colleges are you know uh, been given run for their money by the online education system so they are in existential crisis right this brick and mortar setup so when you look at uh, you know the mode of education is changing right uh, where does a self learner stand in this right maybe i don't i will not get a certificate from my local school and maybe i will get a certificate directly from mit or harvard just because that the content is available online right but i think that is just changing the you know uh, the packaging right so yes. to me it is still the old uh, you know wine in the new bottle i think what is the dominant uh, you know uh, uh, thing going to be in 10 years from now is going to be those people who do not need those external validation or certification for their knowledge so this is the tribe of self learners right and when you talk about these self learners there will be further two types one that you know so i'm borrowing professor anil gupta you know he says that we learn from you know he takes people on show the yatra and i've been in one of them with him to nagaland that you learn from your own self you learn from your peers you learn from nature and you learn from you know uh, your guru or let's say books right so let's take these four sources of knowledge so one is book one is you know your own introspection one is through conversation like you know me and you we are learning from each other right now and the fourth is you know learning from the nature and from this whole uh, you know holistic uh, learning process you know where these four different stakeholders are there uh, you uh, take the context of uh, problem so somebody might be very emotional about that problem that person might not be at all educated as we may call education in our own way of schools and colleges but that person might be a very good self learner right now this person is highly motivated to solve this problem and is willing to learn anything that it takes to solve this problem now 
this professor anil gupta has found thousands of such innovators where there is no link of education like formal education with their ability to innovate but yes they have two things one is the ability to self learn and that ability to self learn also comes because they are very empathetic about that context so if we can build empathy around the problems that we want to solve you know they will empower us to learn self learn and end of the day you know many of these uh, innovators who discovery you know is done by this honeybee network or shod yatra uh these are people now in the forbes 30 list you know wow in the world these are awarded by the president of india there are uh, you know uh, actors like akshay kumar making films you know so you have seen padman right yeah so <coughs> so these are the uh, examples you know maybe they are not many but i would say sufficient enough which showcase that what requires to be an innovator so i think if we can deconstruct this entire process of innovation and say that you know this empathy to that context and the ability to self learn right yes and of course you know sometimes or majority of the times you will find that these people that i am talking about they are in vernacular so their ability not to learn english is actually a uh, you know blessing for them blessing for them right that they stayed original right yes so i feel that you know uh, majority of people like me i don't know about you but you know people like me who are educated in western way of you know education thinking it requires a lot of effort conscious effort to unlearn you know all this burden to be original yes such a powerful response sachin i was just so engrossed to it because you actually laid out the complete path forward if somebody really follows it uh, like when you came from thinking original and you started with language and then coming to the point where adding empathy to the problem and uh, building empathy around the problem and then trying to solve it i think if anybody follows that there are so many things to uh, innovate i see that's that's amazing uh, thank you so much this has been i i i i'm, I'm going i'm more curious to learn about professor uh, anil gupta going forward uh, but uh, this has been a eye opener for me the way you have really explained it it's awesome Uh, and now coming to the healthcare sector at this point of time as we are really going through a big challenge with covid uh, and uh, there are many discussion about healthcare and innovation in healthcare so i know we spoke about innovation just wanted to touch upon the covid crisis how do you see the healthcare industry moving forward and how can uh, young innovators contribute there so i think uh, if you look at covid you know uh, you can always look at it in two ways one is a very negative way that you know uh, it is somehow 
putting all of us in a tough situation uh, as we speak but it's an also an accelerator for change so india as a country uh, you know was not legalizing telemedicine for for very very long period of time and come covid you know uh, very few months into it india releases telemedicine guideline and now uh, you know publicly listed companies like apollo hospital they say that in next 3 years uh, you know the 50% of their opd will be virtual so if virtualization of healthcare uh, you know for whatever reason it was being prevented you know whether it was an adoption attitude of doctors and patients involved you know we are now in a era where we will see that we are getting into accelerated into a digital future and for the first time you know if you are in a rural domain you may have access to the same doctor that a city dweller might have yes so covid is becoming a force of change for good uh, when it comes to you know avenues like telemedicine uh, people working for the it companies they don't have to really suffer uh, uh, the commute that they would have to do in cities like bangalore yes and they can move to smaller cities and improve their quality of life but that also means that you know we are having two kinds of india right now one india which is 700 million people who have internet and one bharat where there are 700 million people who do not have internet so whatever i might say you know may only apply to that uh, who have the internet right so there is you know still a considerable uh population of this country which is deprived <coughs> of these benefits and i think this is where the duty of the government lies to you know give them equal access equal opportunity i think increasingly uh, coming back to the covid context uh if we see that covid is accelerating us to into the future and digitization of healthcare is no more an option but a reality i believe that uh, india will see hundreds of digital health companies you know becoming mainstream digital healthcare is an important building block for preventive healthcare so imagine a person like sakti a person like sachin on an average would not let's say pay much attention to their own health all of a sudden uh, a digital health application comes to their life and maybe they installed it not because of you know any serious reasons but just because it was available it was fashionable and 5 years down the line uh, you know maybe that digital health app made them you know diagnose something you know which they would have Uh, diagnosed once the situation is much more difficult for example diabetes right 
so if you diagnose it before it happens maybe it will never happen but once it has occurred you know because of the lifestyle that we live right then we have to be you know taking medicine you know and unnecessary suffering right so if you look at it that preventive healthcare is the true healthcare when we say healthcare in any other form where where you have to visit a hospital it's not healthcare it's actually sick care correct so almost all of the healthcare we design we design for sick people yes but india as a country is not a rich country we cannot afford too much money to be spent on sick people so why not we spend money on healthy people to keep them healthier and to keep healthy people healthier is something that is not politically appealing it's not like you put a ribbon to a hospital you know and lot of people will appreciate what you have done so what you are saying is that a person who weighs 85 kg somehow you are telling that person to be 80 kgs and they can overcome diabetes so it seems like very silent and very un- invisible the impact that even the person who is getting that benefit will not even appreciate until unless they have suffered so what is essential for bringing such you know very uh, you know what do you say non dramatic impact in healthcare is monitoring monitoring with evidence and what brings monitoring with evidence is digital so if we can uh, build more evidence if we can build more monitoring tools around us and imagine <coughs> uh, i'm assuming that you have an insurance yes which pays for you when you are in hospital why don't we have the insurance which pays for us for not going to the hospital technically speaking what i'm saying is one of the same thing correct right correct but somehow if you go to an indian hospital today if you have an insurance the doctor or the clinical staff may end up doing more procedures on you correct because you're not paying from pocket but you are paying from the insurance yes so in fact insurance companies suffer because of the non aligned incentives because hospitals only make money when you fall ill so they want you to stay longer that's the only way for them to make more money from you so which is totally unaligned so if you take three stakeholders patient care provider and insurer right you will see that we can only succeed if we give hospitals money for not to fall in if they can make money by us not visiting them right so imagine i monitor your all your healthcare data in real time and that feed is looked by a doctor every day and there is a mechanism by which you can get a call in the evening and the doctor can say shakti mind you if you continue like this in two weeks from now you will be in the hospital yeah. wow so i want you to go and you know start jogging every day 2 kilometers right yes so a doctor should be paid for that a doctor should not be only avenue for a doctor right now 
is that when you are there in the hospital how to keep you four more days extra now that you are there that's awesome that's that's a great thought and so many things can be done in that uh, with current today's world of like watches and the health watches and other things are there if you can build on or build on it to do so many things <coughs> so if i may summarize this you know uh, i would say covid is a blessing in disguise for the health sector in india because it is only doing things for which are improving our health sector a it has enabled the health sector to embrace technology yes it has also uh, uh, going to reform the health sector it is going to give it more budget more equipment more facilities because for politicians it might be you know only uh, visible visible action would be okay let's open one more covid hospital so once covid is gone the hospitals will stay which means that you know public at large is going to benefit so covid is in that way you know is a blessing in disguise for the health sector but in general if we may say that what covid is you know really creating beyond health sector is a non contact economy when i say non contact economy so right now in the new normal you don't want to you know touch anyone right and during the lockdown uh, we organized three hackathons with the ministry of education and we had around 10000 people in each hackathon so we created some startups through this we created some you know bright minds creating ideas so you see the kind of solutions that are coming out you know from these three endeavors that we did that there is a demand in the market to achieve the same thing that we were previously achieving but without any contact so you may call it contactless non contact whatever it may be right so how do you deliver a good from a e-commerce company to someone right without let's say over exposing the article to a possible covid virus right okay. or how do you take take away food from a restaurant without touching something that you should not touch how do you go and eat out right without getting impact infected right so these are uh, different times and they are resulting in different innovations i think anything around hygiene right now yes is something which is desirable so if you are a company which was selling something as a service and uh, one of the thing if you have not done already you would be doing sooner or later is that how do you bring extra trust with your consumers in sense of hygiene right when it comes to the food aspect i think people are more focused on immunity right so you will see that increasingly that fmcg companies you know they want to tell you that they are putting more vitamin c or you know immunity boosters in whatever you are buying right so 
of course maybe it is a marketing word right now the word immunity and you are paying you know 5 rupees extra on everything because immunity looks very attractive to you but it also means that for at least a minority percentage of people you know these concepts will stay beyond covid so you will start questioning your eating habits you will start questioning your hygiene habits and whatever changes you will bring maybe they will stay longer yes so maybe you will start eating better food maybe you will start you know living a better life more healthy life right and as i said you know for some of us who are lucky to work from home right uh, may even start enjoying you know more time in our lives by doing better exercise you know spending more quality time or investing that time on our own selves to increase our knowledge you know to do more things in life that were earlier you know they didn't seem accessible to us that's that's great i think well, i didn't i didn't really realize that we spoke for an hour now it's so much of wonderful thoughts so wonderful ways you have not only you have just given a way i would suggest for anybody listening to this will get so many ideas out of your talk that you mentioned that's awesome since i'm so so happy that i could get this opportunity to interact with you so Sachin, if you uh, like, I, I typically ask this question: like, uh, how do you want the world to remember you? Uh, how, how for centuries, even after you're gone, how do you think the world should remember you? What, what comes to your mind? I think these are very, uh, you know, difficult questions. So, my immediate answer is that, let's say, in short term. i would really want to create uh, world class products out of india you know that india should uh, or indian people you know how can we known for quality how can we known uh, be known for original ideas right and in long term i believe that uh, how can we provide equal access and opportunity uh, to people irrespective of their uh, you know origins so i think uh, we somehow have uh, built a society where people who have it uh, is not because they deserve it more or they are in any ways better than others it is just you know unjust system you know which keeps it with only few so i think there are societies around the world which are more equitable more accessible i think uh, if i can play a role in my own little way around uh, with the people around me is to get them you know uh, get them to be more successful right or uh, success is a very subjective word but i think uh, to get them what they deserve so i think that's how i want to be useful is by contributing to other people's life that's good yeah i think 
that's something which is the india uh, like needs i think it both the things what you mentioned uh, the need of the like original things coming out of india as well as uh, everybody gets a equal uh, opportunity at least that's that's wonderful such a okay uh, this is my last question from the conversation uh, that is uh, what message uh, you'd like to give to uh, the listeners i think uh, i would say that uh, you know we should focus uh, on self learning and uh, we should believe in ourselves in our ability and once we pick a task or a goal you know which is uh, difficult enough it's just a matter of time and our uh, you know ability to keep going at it that soon or later you know uh, it will fall through so if you uh, maintain that uh, self belief and that attitude to self learn i think you can go much farther in life just with this simple approach you don't really need uh, uh, you know lot of uh, external support in that case awesome that's great thank you so much uh, sachin for your time uh, i'm i'm i mentioned earlier as well i'd like to repeat i feel privileged honored to speak with you i i i i wish to make sure this reaches to as many people as possible so that they learn from this uh, your, your thoughts your ideas and your way of thinking is uh, so noble and so nice that everybody would benefit out of it uh, thank you so much for your time so thank you thank you shakti i think you have uh... you know repeated the word of uh, gratefulness so many times and i always uh, wanted to cut you short and say that you know the pleasure is all mine and uh, I, as i said that there is no obligation or compulsion uh, on most people on what they do they do it because of their own vested interest and their own uh, joy that they get in it so <clears throat> i think i am quite happy in what i am doing and you are also quite happy in what you are doing it's uh, really good that our paths crossed yes. and uh, i hope uh, people who listen to this conversation uh, they are 100 times more successful than what we can be and if this conversation in any which way you know be useful for their own thought process why not thank you shakti thank you thank you so much sir